It's the Saturday Friends Club. Saturday Friends Club. Hey, welcome to the Saturday Friends Club. <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> or you're welcome. I'm not sure. I hope I it's your welcome. I think I'm just going to apologize. Th- yeah, that, that seems like something for a first episode. Somebody is going to listen to Matilda and be like, all right, let's listen to this. And immediately, like, if they weren't subscribed, they are double unsubscribed. Yep. And if they were a Patreon, they're no longer yeah. a Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Please stay. We love you. Uh, hi. Welcome to the Saturday Friends Club, your Saturday dose of nostalgia and fun times with all of your best friends. We are your best friends. Uh, I am best friend Josh. Over there is best friend Sabrina. I'm not your best friend. <laughs> Damn. We're, we're starting in a little... <laughs> Martin, are you our best friend? I'll be your best friend Yay. for $10. <laughs> no, don't. Wow, you're cheap. Can I go? I'm not, I'm not paying for best friends again. <laughs> Have you gone past that phase, Josh? Burn, I've got burned once by pay friends. <laughs> not going to deal with your paywall. <laughs> and uh, best friend Mags. Yeah, we uh, nothing can ever separate us after that that Tori almost experience. <laughs> Jesus. Someday Christ. we need to explain the Tori almost experience. No, we're nope. not explaining it. Um, no, nope. it's a mystery. It can only it can only be lived. Too many people have been murdered for the Tori almost experience. You have to sign a waiver now. It's just. <laughs> Anyway, uh, welcome to the Saturday Friends Club. Uh, we are here, uh, second episode of three. Uh, you may have just listened to, or well, last week you were listening to us talk about small soldiers. This week has little to do with soldiers, some to do with toys, but definitely deals with children. There's a toy. Oh my! Uh, I mean, there is a toy. There, yeah, there's a, a doll. There yeah. is. Let's see some action. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot of action, Wait, actually. What kind of action are we talking about? Uh-uh, no, we're not. Nope, nope, nope. We're not even going there. We're not on toy soldiers anymore. Shut this shit down. This is only the second episode you take that punch drunk out of here. That's that's for that's for the later episode. That toy is not in a bikini. It no. is fine. No, no. That toy has some ugly clothes. <laughs> but it has all of its clothes. <laughs> hmm. We're talking about Matilda. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh good. I'm glad we settled what it is. Yeah, just so you don't yeah. have to like live in mystery and suspense for that much. And by the way, we longer. should state that this is, uh, as I stated, Matilda from 1999. Oh boy. Uh, and not Matilda from Matilda. 2017. Yeah, it's a, a Russian movie. Uh, let's see. It also is a movie that started. A, so it's a book. Uh-huh. It's a movie, and now it's a actual like musical. Uh-huh. Yep. So, uh huh. So, by the way, I, I well, I well, let's say, Mags, you were the one who elected this. Uh-huh. I assume that you would watch this, and enjoy it. What's your history with it? Um, I I, I was a young precocious kid, and really? uh, wow. I know I hate to brag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I read books all the time. I liked to read. Yeah. Um. So I was a young precocious child, and uh, so somebody. I've never read the book, and I feel a little bad about that. But, um, yeah, no, I think we saw the movie in school once, and I was like, oh, well, hello, thing to identify with for a little many years in a troublesome way. Um, and I watched it a couple times, and then, like, I went through that period of, like, I won't identify with anything that I liked as a kid. Um, and then, like, that stage of, like, young adulthood where you just hate all children, and then you get a little older, and you hit self-loathing, so you hate precocious children. And then, like, here I am at 30. And I was like, well, time to watch this movie again and have some feelings on air. 
15 points. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. As for the rest, so had, first off, had any of us read the book? No. All no. right. No reading. Illiterate. No. It's, it's weird. I did a lot of reading, but I've never really read Road Doll ever growing yeah, up. Yeah, no, like. Oh, sorry. I actually read a lot of Road Doll when I was So BFG up. and. Yeah, BFG and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in particular. That was a favorite of mine in middle school. Yeah, no, I. I uh, my dad put his bookshelf in my room as a kid, and so that was all that, like, weird sci fi stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, less weird sci fi stuff, too. Like, I'd read most of Heinlein's canon by, like, they're, like, 14 or something. And it's not something a 14 year old should be able to say. But so, like, <laughs> In, in like, uh, so we missed out on a lot of like young literature or like for, for like kids or for like young adults, for instance, when Harry Potter came out. Like, I was just just at that cusp of like, I'm no longer a child, I will no longer I will put away my childish things. Forget this kids' movie with the kids, yeah, exactly. And so I missed out on all of Harry Potter. Oh no, like, I didn't read Harry Potter until last year. Oh my goodness, what? right? And like, look at me and who I am and tell me that I would not have been one of those kids going to midnight book releases. What what's your what uh what school are you in? Oh, I'm a Slytherin. Yeah, I was going Slytherin. <laughs> yeah, shit here, Slytherin. Yeah. What? Oh, all right. Get I'm him. not. Get him. <laughs> get at me. Look. Hufflepuff all the way, bro. Look, yeah. Then you, should, then, then you should know that like one of our values in the house of Slytherin is fraternity. Like and and like ambition isn't always self ambition. You can want good things for other people too, and I think that's something that we share in common, and that like that we should pay attention to that. Okay, that is redeemable, but only a little bit. Look, cunning isn't everything we do. It's just a lot of how we do. <laughs> Any, anyway, anyway. And subjugating others, yes. yes uh, look, that was just like some of us. <laughs> Even the Sorting House points out that there are just as many evil uh, wizards that come out of Gryffindor. Just wow. putting it out there. We just have some branding problems. Follow, follow the truth. <laughs> follow the money. Well, yeah. Don't follow the money. Anyway. <laughs> um, so yeah, like uh, I really liked Mattel as a kid, as a kid who like rode their bike to the library and filled up my backpack with as many books as they would let me take this home. This this uh, this this movie really rang. So has any of the rest of us seen it? Because I know I have. I have. Yep, I've seen I it. I saw it when I was a kid too. Yep. I feel like this was like required watching when like the English teacher was out. Yeah. yeah. Like the English yeah. teacher is out. We can't you... make you read. We'll just make you watch a movie about reading. Yeah. Yep. It's essentially just like, listen, it's the last day of school. We know none of you want to be here in the sixth grade class. So watch Matilda. Really? Yeah. That's not a thing you did? Not Matilda. So it'd usually be a documentary of some sort. Nah, they, we had the or cool classes. If it was English class, then it would be a movie about whatever book we were reading at the time. When I was in, I think it was my sixth or seventh grade biology class, we actually watched um, House episodes of House. <laughs> Are <What>? you joking? <laughs> it was kind of awesome. <laughs> I, in my APS history class, uh, you took the test, and then there was like two weeks of school after the test. And so our AP history teacher, Miss Hooks, the beautiful, the amazing Miss Hooks, um, uh, would let us basically do whatever. As long as we were quiet, we got to do. We picked the movies we watched. We watched um, Mighty Pawns History of the World. Yes. In my AP history class. Boy. Uh, oh, that's yeah. Awesome. And we watched uh, that Tom Cruise samurai movie. The Last Samurai. The last... Yep. We oh, watched wow. that in in, a, in our history class too. When we the last class. We were the last class to be able to do that because after our class, um, the principal found out because of a certain Dustin, and uh, and then they made they made all the teachers turn in lesson plans for after the AP test. Oh, oh my God. right, like the entire test, the entire class is geared towards taking this test. You should be able to 
flip and relax. Anyway, that's a lot of personal Mike's history. It is. Yeah. All right. Uh, so we're. Shall we go ahead and get into it? Let's talk about being a brilliant small child. <laughs> let's let's talk about all of our upbringing in a in a dastardly family of of slimy car salesmen and the the schools that we went to with mean crotchety principals and our magical powers that we somehow got uh, from reading. Yes, from reading. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and get down to it. Let's go ahead and journey down the world of Matilda. Feel the amount of being a smart kid in your head. Just stop. The magic of knowledge <laughs> no. enriching your life. You guys life. are dancing during the intro. Because it's you so plucky. And I'm also standing, so it works. I know. <sighs> I've got to do some reading, so I can't stand at this moment. Okay. But no. Just he a... can't stand reading. Oh! oh! <laughs> 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 wow. Sabrina's on that Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina, just there Man, for the hot like, burn. Yeah, I'm fired. <laughs> this room is a little hot, so yeah, I feel that. High five, high five. Give us a mm. Yeah, all right, neat. Um, all right, I'm going to talk about Matilda. Let's. Yeah. Matilda is a 1996 American children's fantasy comedy film directed by Danny DeVito. Wow. Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito. It was also produced by Michael Schamberg, Stacey Shear, and Lucy Dahl. Is written. Yeah. So she actually helped produce it. Uh, that is who his is, who wife. Who is Lucy? Okay. Yeah. I believe it's wife. Let's see. Might have been daughter. Yep. Uh, daughter of author Raw Dog. Yeah. It looks a lot more like a daughter. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'll just say that. All right. And then let's see. So uh, it was written by Nicholas Kans, or Kazan and Robin Swiskert, based on Rolandol. Rolandol. Rolled. Like rolled. Yeah. Like, yeah. You, like you rolled them up. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Like rolled doll. So you're like rolling up a doll. Like you take a doll. Just, I'd like to get away from this going. bit. Go. Read, damn it. Based on rolled dolls, novel of the same name. Mara Wilson, DeVito, Rhea Perlman, Embeth Dave, David Titz, Pam Ferris, Star. Wow. Some, <laughs> listen. Can you even read? No. Listen. This. The, no, no, no. Hold on. This. This IMDb. This, this is not a sentence. Josh, it's Josh, Wikipedia, wait, Josh. You Hold missed on. out. Hold on. The pre-show Hold that Josh didn't tape was that Josh watched a Russian film by accident. <laughs> and I feel like he's been turned into a sleep no, ring. No, this This is not a sentence because it is It is literally just Mara Wilson, DeVito, Rhea Perlman, M. Beth Davids, and Pam Ferris star. Yeah. I mean, that's okay. technically a sentence. It's not a very good sentence. No, it's, yeah. it's not. For, for a, something about reading, like, that is a bad sentence. Oh, it's a bad uh -huh. sentence, yeah. but it is a sentence. The yes. film is about a young genius named Matilda who uses telekinesis to deal with her parents. That's not fully what it's about, but okay. Uh, who... I mean, technically that is true, but it's, like, <laughs> it's not the point of the book. <laughs> Sounds like a young X-Men series. She right. uses right. telekinesis <laughs> to deal with her parents. <laughs> 
<laughs> this isn't a revenge film. This yeah. isn't Carrie. The film is all right. This is another sentence that is complicated and weird. Uh, <laughs> the film is about a young genius named Matilda who uses telekinesis to deal with her parents who do not value education, and Agatha Trunchbull, an oppressive principal of Cruncham Hall's elementary school. Yeah, that's not. These aren't good sentences. Look, uh, if y'all want to jump in and be good, good members of the community, like this is what the Wikipedia page. Come on, Matilda fandom, we need you. We need you. you <laughs> yeah, what, yeah. This Wikipedia yeah what, page. what is the Mara Matilda Wilson fandom? There's like? a Matilda yeah. fandom. I'm going to. <laughs> of course there is. Uh, hold on. Grown up Mara Wilson. Ta- time to pull up an amiibo and say, or the amino and see Can if we... there's a Matilda. Yeah. No, now we need to do Madeline or something. I don't know. <laughs> oh, God. I don't hey, want to look into the Madeline. I don't know why, but doing Matilda reminded me of Pepper Ann for some reason. I was like, oh, oh shoot, yeah. Pepper Ann. Wait, wait, wait. God, wait. I watched a lot of Pepper Ann. <laughs> oh my god. What god, it was all like, oh, oh, it was like a Disney, was it? It, was, it felt like like Doug for girls, which isn't a bad thing to say. Like, it was it was kind was of Pepper, in that style. Was Pepper Ann Disney or was she Nickelodeon? Alright, Wikipedia. It was an ABC Family. Like, I remember it wasn't Cartoon Network. Oh. And I think it wasn't Nickelodeon. I think it was one of like the, yeah. like, Disney Kids or like the Disney XD or something. Uh, let's see. So Pepper and she kind of had like a gravelly voice. Yeah, she had a real low. ABC. Oh, uh, yeah, ABC. yeah, yeah, okay. Max was right. Yeah, yep, sixty-five episodes, five seasons. It was always on like either right before school or right after school, and I wound up watching a lot of it. It's the uh, the title of it. Too cool to be twelve. <laughs> Yeah, you know what? cool about being 12, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah honestly. Uh, that was a good show. Maybe we should do Pepper Ann soon. Anyway, back to Matilda. <laughs> Matilda. In, yes. our, in our habit of segueing out to completely unrelated things. Right. <laughs> well, We're a very tangential show. It is. All right. So, Matilda Wormwood is a genius, but her parents, Harry and Zania, and her older brother, Michael, ignore and mistreat her. Uh, since babyhood, Matilda has displayed incredible learning ability and develops a strong sense of independence due to her often being left alone at the home every weekday when her father is at work, her mother is playing bingo, and Michael is at school. To pass time, Matilda learns the route to the public library to read books. Everybody's standing. I feel read weird. Read a book, read a book, read, read a, a motherfucking book, read a book. book. Oh, good. We couldn't be on the radio. Thanks, Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, essentially... That's the, that's the beginning. There's a whole bunch at the be- that there where it's just like, oh, look how smart she is. She's writing her name, as, and she's an infant. Yeah, yeah. I taught myself to read as a kid. And she um, also taught herself how to cook, apparently. Mm-hmm. She did do that. Uh, yeah, in, in my brother's elementary school, there was like a Book It program. I'm sure you all remember. Uh, is, is, is anybody remember something like this, where you read a certain number of books, and then you got like a, a yes. Pizza Hut personal yeah. pamphlet? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, maybe not that exactly, but yeah, there were rewards. Right. Yeah, so we did that, and um, our neighbor's youngest, they had three kids. Their youngest son was very sick. He had leukemia. He's better now. Uh, but so they were over at our house a lot while the, the youngest uh, was at the hospital, so they were all reading together. And I was just enough of an attention-hungry young child that I wanted to be in the reading circle, so I taught myself to read. Aww. So, like, you can see where the, like, Matilda, like, I'm needy and emotional and I'm not getting the support I need. So I will teach myself to read. See, my, my story is only that I lied so I could get the pizza, so. 
I like rent. I like ch- checked out the Jungle Book like seven times because I liked Ricky Tikki Tavi, but never read it. Your oh. parents signed oh it without making sure you actually read it because you mean, have to have someone sign it I, to say. Yeah, they, I feel like though that feels like the Netflix queue of today. Yeah, it's it's mm. kind of like hey. Do we want to feed you one night for free? Sure, we'll sign this. What books did you read? Here you go. Like I just said, I read it. I mean, well, wow. <laughs> I mean, Josh has an ability to be able Listen, I'm to convince str- people. I am straight wormwood. I, un- I understand <laughs> this. I mean, also, yeah. like, there's there's a moment where Danny DeVito's character yells at Matilda about, like, why would you want to read? The TV's right here. Oh, and it's just God. the irony of yeah. a movie about a book. A movie from a book telling you not to watch TV. Yeah. yeah. But to instead go read books. It feels a little, I don't know, like a little milly mouth. Well, I, I mean, they, they were the bad guys. So. Oh, sure, yeah. sure. I know. But like. Yeah. <laughs> I, I understand. This movie version of a book, which you can see in an hour and a half instead of the six hours to read the book. Yeah. You know, because yeah. he, de- he deliberately makes the line like, oh, what, what, what do you find in a book? You can't see it on a, a TV faster. And I'm like, mm-hmm. well, coming from this movie that feels a little ingenuous, disingenuous. At the age of six and a half, Matilda begins to lose patience with her, to lose patience with her parents, expressing a desire to go to school, which her parents refuse blatantly and mock her because somebody's got to be here to pick up the packages. Right. And they don't know how old she is, and like they're just, uh, her dad's a used car salesman, and he is like they're just incredibly, incredibly deep in these sort of character stereotypes. Yeah, I, I specifically remembered the like putting the sawdust inside of the engine so it goes <gasps> a few miles. Like that one was ingrained in my skull for some reason. Really? Yeah, that that one particular like crooked crooked thing is. I even as a kid I was like, that wouldn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so the key is run quiet. Are are you sure that's how that works? Yeah, they run quiet. That's for sure. Uh, let's see. In retaliation for her father constantly berating her, she resolves to punish him each time, first by adding hydrogen peroxide to his hair tonic to turn his hair into an unhealthy blonde, and then by gluing his hat onto his head after realizing about his cheating car business. Coincidentally, unlucky things begin to happen around Harry when Matilda gets angry with him. For instance, when reading a borrowed library copy of Moby Dick... Uh, Harry rips it up and makes her watch television instead. Her increasing anger causes the television set to suddenly explode. <laughs> now, this is the part where, like, I was very unsure because I forgot legitimately where Matilda goes as a book. Where I was just like, okay, listen, what, what, what was like the through line of this? And when she started doing the stuff of like the hydrogen, hydrogen peroxide and the glue, I was thinking like, oh, this is a movie about her just being smart and figuring out like the one-up ways that she can like beat these adults. And then the magical powers came in and I'm like, well, never mind that. <laughs> <laughs> kind of invalidates that entire, yeah. Yeah. That, that, that entire like figuring things out and being able to use her knowledge and wits. Right, like, yeah, like, being smart is good, and reading is good, and I'm not ever going to convince you to not read a book, uh, but it's not going to make you psychic. Yeah, it's like one of the takeaways from the film is, like, if you're able to master your ability to use your brain completely, you, too, will have magical powers. God, I hate that meme that, like, we only use 10. No, that's yeah. not. Oh, that's yeah. awful. It's that's terrible. not how that works, no. even, like, a little bit. No. Yeah, There's you... not even a... But yeah, no, I think I think that was the thing when people were studying telekinesis and people that could supposedly do it. Like apparently it's a certain part of your brain you have to unlock in order to be able to do it. Well I think so, that used to be the running theory for telekinesis. Oh no, and like there's still like 
shows and like that that canard gets still passed around today. Like that's you, one yeah. of those myths. Yeah. You have to unlock all of your chakras. I mean, <laughs> the, the basis is you use ten percent of a, of your brain at a time, mm-hmm. but you are maybe, using your entire brain to function. Yeah, right. Like your brain, like you may not be consciously using like the part of your brain that teaches you, or like lets you breathe, for instance, because that's got to do that shit runs on yeah. its own, but it's busy. So because you're not thinking about it, doesn't mean you're not using it. And like ten percent is such a round, perfect figure anyway. I always like super, super don't trust statistics that are like five percent, twenty percent. You know, like if it's a nice, even rounded number, I'm like, you're wrong. Math is never that pretty. If, if yeah. you were doing a hundred percent of your brain, you would be like freaking out, doing calculus, like all of a sudden, like taking a shit, like you're. <laughs> you wouldn't be breathing because that part of your brain was working on whatever you wanted to work on instead of breathing. Exactly. You'd be you'd be remembering like seventh grade, like you'd you'd be <laughs> doing everything at once. You'd be having like... Vietnam War flashbacks. I mean, <laughs> the answer is forty six. Uh... <laughs> So yeah. yeah. Oh, but I do like that this the the movie keeps some lines that feel very literary. I don't know if this is actually in the book, but the bit where like uh where uh Daddy Wormwood says uh and people and you punish people instead of children and like it goes on this like and he said people instead of children and this introduced the revolutionary idea that adults can be punished too. And I was like, Oh I thought it was gonna be like and children are people too. <laughs> and I was like, oh, maybe that was yeah, more or less the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she took something different from it. Yeah, no, I, see, oh, I see how you got there. Children right. have rights, or I should hurt him because I, I, he said he, people can be hurt. <laughs> I'm telling you, Matilda is like a few years away in this movie from be- actually becoming an X-Men villain. <laughs> <laughs> right, like this is like, if, if Miss Honey hadn't been there, this would have been Carrie. No, yeah. I still think it's possible. Like... <laughs> Like, think about it. This is someone who has magical powers, and how does she use her powers? By thinking about the things that make her angry. Oh my God. <laughs> Can you imagine Matilda in high school? Like, oh, oh my God. It's no, no, no. Straight up Carrie right there. Mm. Just just wait until I mean, she has a boyfriend that she breaks up okay, with. Okay, the thing is, she's Look, too- Mat- I'm going to break it to you right now. Matilda's not interested in boys. <laughs> 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 like, I'm going to let you on a little piece of clear history. Matilda is that movie for a lot of young Anyway. Look, she has a fantasy about her teacher. Like, if you replaced a boy in that position, like a boy child in this position, mm. like you would be like, "Oh, that boy has a crush on that teacher." Like, let me, that's what's happening there, <laughs> right? But then she adopts her and she becomes her mom. Right. I'm not saying that. Like, I. Right. I'm not saying like it's an intentional <laughs> oh, thing. Okay. okay. I'm saying that like if you put a boy in, like if you had two heterosexual or like you had two non-same gendered people in like if it was a little boy in this movie you'd be like oh it's so cute and he's a crush on his teacher like tell me tell me that I'm wrong like I mean, brings I feel her like, flowers I feel like there are movies where they show little girls they having do. a crush yeah. on male teachers and I, I think it's creepy yeah yeah cause like I don't know like I've never had a crush on a teacher or a boss like I could never not do that not on a that. boss but definitely on a teacher like there was definitely I don't know I feel like I'm good at making sure they're I'm really good at keeping boundaries when I know someone's my teacher or my boss I'm just good at being like oh, look at you small squirt bottle just in her purse I don't how cute you are well I mean I, I had a crush on a college professor but that was when you were in college though okay yeah, I but I mean that person was like 40 and you're like 19 you are still a child they were actually early 30s damn it no, you do get some pretty young college teachers, but even, I couldn't, no, because I've had some attractive teachers in college too, but I still, boundary. Man, I didn't, gosh. No, and I, I know people that have dated, no, I know there are people who've dated their, like, college professors, and I'm like, okay, that's, no. I guess. No, But the professor should, that's unethical. We are talking about this on a college campus. This is, <laughs> right. 
I mean, to the be fair, is, like I said, I went to an art school, so some of the teachers aren't that old at my school. So there were some interpersonal relationships happening that sometimes ended up happening. I personally could not do that because, like I said, I keep distance. Like that's my teacher. I'm not going to. No, like I'm, yeah. I'm glad that you had those good boundaries, but so many of us don't. Indeed. In <laughs> fact, if many of us were to go to an art school for interpersonal relationships to unlock our creative potentials, I'm sure that could mean a whole different set of things. Oh God. And granted, I, I mean, you have classmates you could also do that with, but okay. Well, but going back to one of Mags's points, um, like the entire <laughs> Which idea... one I'm terrified. Well, no, <laughs> I know, like the, I could t- definitely see this being a movie. Movie that would help for like a female who is in who doesn't exactly break the standard mold hmm. where you know it's somebody that and especially if you're looking in like the 90s era movies there's not a lot of like a female lead who is more or less like subjugated most of her life um you could definitely say just by her actions that it, i could definitely see it being like taken on the lgbt side yeah i don't think the movie makers were deliberately making that point but i'm saying that like it it was a movie for a lot of a lot of folks because like you have this girl and she's told that it's okay that you're different you know and she's told that by an attractive uh, authority figure you know like that's right that's that's a thing that happens a lot in kids movies that like that notice there and it may not be intentional but like as you're a young adult building those spaces for you like trying to pull those narratives and find yourself in media like here was this like pretty well-made spot for your journey to right. like map onto a movie well i think the other thing that that comes through a little bit more uh deliberately in the movie is the kind of positive role especially a supportive curative role that a teacher can have for for a student oh definitely you know and when it's, especially with with children who might have had parents that were of that character not necessarily as played out as, as Matilda's parents, but having parents that were either uninvolved or otherwise unmotivated to really support their children um, in, in their schooling to be able to show that, well, these are positive roles that you can turn to to be able to get that support and to, 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 to look to as somebody to, to help you grow personally as a, as a, as a person. And is... speaking of teachers, let's get to that one. Yeah. Uh, Harry finally relents in letting Matilda go to school after meeting a client named Agatha Crunch. Trunchbull, a tyrannical principal of a rundown elementary school, Crunchum Hall. God, do you remember when the 90s everything was just dirty? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think we covered this last episode. I'm right? gonna, it's, yep, it's, it's the, in everything except the Dick Tracy. Well, even the Dick Tracy movie has a little bit of it. Yeah. 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 The yeah, grungy. No, she, yeah, grungy. Grungy. Just, grungy real as, a, as a culture, we were just in grunge for a while. Yeah. I kind of want it back. <laughs> we could definitely use some re yeah. so, of- so, Some re Yep. Regrungeoning. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, there, Matilda befriends several children and learns of Trunchbull's violent nature and overly harsh punishments to the students. Thankfully, Matilda's teacher, Jennifer Honey, is a kind <laughs> woman who adores her class and takes an immediate liking to Matilda's gentle, uh, well, gentle refuse? No, no, no. Gentle and humble nature, despite her incredible genius. Hey, guys, if it wasn't clear, Miss Honey... She's a good lady that helps people. <laughs> She's right. sweet. There's nobody here who has any subtlety. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> the trench bowl is the worst. Yeah. The, yeah. the wormwoods are the, the worst. I'm but honey. Miss Honey is an angel. That's not to say I totally, absolutely didn't She's buy this a as a child. Guardian. I mean, Roald Dahl was good at picking names for his characters. Oh, yeah. No, this is definitely, like, in his style. Yeah. Like, the archetype is, like, a very strong part of his work. Okay, but one thing I just have to ask you. Trunchbull 
she couldn't. This is just like makes no sense. She couldn't be a principal of a school. Okay. <laughs> right. I mean, how do you go from being like an Olympian to? You're supposed to be a positive role model for kids. I just, I just want to point out that in the year low 2018, having a celebrity be a government official they don't need to be is kind of old news. So I mean, I, we're kind of getting. Principal isn't really like that. I, I mean, it's not like being president. I feel like I feel like that's kind of like a few steps down. <laughs> what but do I, you think it gets examined more closely? Like, so, oh, we have to put our principles under a lot more scrutiny than we do our president. Well, so we have. So essentially, what we're the point that we're homing on here is that we need to go back to the '90s to retrospect in the world that we live in now, because all of that was predicted in the world we live in now. Man, is this, is this entire three episode span just the '90s was right? <laughs> Yeah. Look, the last time I was here, we had bleak midwinter, and now we have like the grunge. The grunge was right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So she goes to. Tr- so we're talking about M- Jennifer Honey. She goes to Trunchbull to request that Matilda be moved up to a higher class, but Trunchbull refuses, citing that, "Oh, you're just trying to get her out of your class because she's too much for you, huh? I know those wormwoods." So, I mean, be- she does know those wormwoods. She's right about the wormwoods. Well, yeah, and also the fact that, like, earlier uh, Agatha bought that car, which, as we all know, was just a total POS. Yeah. And that- an absolute lemon. That night, Miss Honey pays the wormwoods a visit to speak to them about Matilda's genius and her attending college early, but they end up sneering at educated people, which Jennifer dislikes, thus snubbing her and causing her to leave after leaving Matilda a copy of The Wind in the Willows and mouthing, tomorrow, to her. Those dastardly liberals trying to educate our kids with children's books. I love how she went from reading Moby Dick to reading The Wind in the Willows. My... Yeah, like the only the only way I can think to explain that is maybe like realizing that the I don't but she didn't know that the parents were terrible when she went there. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. By the time she's getting into middle and high school, she's already going back into classical theory, reading through um, Karl <laughs> yes. Marx. Well, this is sort of like when you when you like they first tell you the um, the uh, the story of the Pilgrims, and then as you get older, you revisit mm-hmm. those old stories, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> We're going to be we're going to be deconstructing the meta narrative that was yeah. presented in the uh, right. Yeah, so uh, that's what's obviously story. going on. It's like this is the three hundred five level course on Wind in the Willows, and not the one hundred one intro level. Exactly. Yeah. All of a sudden, she's on Adam Conover, just being like, actually. <laughs> Uh, meanwhile, Matilda discovers that her family is under surveillance by FI, uh, FBI agents, Bob and Bill, due to her father's illegal dealings. But her car- parents refuse to believe her, as Zinea thinks they are merely speedboat salesmen. This is my favorite part of the movie. Like, this <laughs> line of, like, joke is like, yeah. uh, that you have Pee Wee Herman as an FBI agent? Paul <laughs> Rubens. Paul Rubens. Yeah. Oh. And then, like... Of course, they don't believe him. He doesn't look like it. But he's sort of like kind of pulling off a, a questionably good FBI guy here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Matilda stu- soon learns about Trunchbull's weekly checkups to belittle the students as a prank. Lavender, one of Matilda's friends, places a newt in Trunchbull's water jug to frighten her. Upon discovery of the newt, Trunchbull accuses Matilda, whose uh, who's anger at the injustice leads her to tell it. Telenetically lift the gla- tip the glass over, splashing water and the newt on Trunchbull. Afterwards, Miss Honey invites Matilda to her house for tea. 
and on the way, they pass Trunchbull's house, and Miss Honey reveals a secret of hers. <gasps> when she was two, her mother died. So her father, Magnus, invited her stepsister-in-law to live with them and to look after her. However, that uh, person that looked after her abused her, and that person was Mrs. Trunchbull. Dun, dun, dun. What kind of a name is Magnus in your life? Swedish. Yeah. Uh, Magnus. Then when Miss Honey Didn't, was... Didn't, like, Will Ferrell name his kid that? Magnus? I, I don't know. It's kind of old-fashioned. I, I like it's it. It's coming back again. Somebody, a friend of mine uses this as a nickname for me because she knew a kid in her class whose name is Magnus. I tell also, you. Also pretty important in Warhammer 40k fandom, but... <clears throat> well, <laughs> I, I, I would... ready for this, this conversation. I would, <laughs> I would just Sorry. say, if she was an X-Men villain, Magnus as a father's name is perfect. Oh, my goodness. My father Magnus put me on this path. <laughs> I mean, like Honey Magnus' daughter. Sounds <laughs> honey like Mag a... I am Honey, honey Magnus. Magnus. <laughs> Hashtag Honey Magnus. Magnus Honey. <laughs> <laughs> Sabrina has just stepped out of this one. I mean, that's fair. I'm not super happy where we're with that. Yeah. Uh, when Miss Honey was five, her father died in an alleged suicide. Eventually, she moved into a small cottage. She and Matilda then sneak into Trunchbull's house while she is out to tame some of Honey Mrs. Honey's belongings. But Trunchbull unexpectedly returns, and this leads to a cat and mouse chase, with them only barely escaping without revealing themselves. Which, in that whole scene, I felt actually, I felt a lot of suspense in that scene. More than it I was expected. really well shot. Yeah, it was a well shot kind of like. Just like some really intense moments, especially when Miss Trenchpole was in the kitchen. Yeah. And yeah, Matilda was hiding under the under the table. You're just like, oh fuck. No. No. <laughs> she's no. Right, she's right there. She's right gonna there. she's gonna get that jokey. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because I swear to God, Miss Trenchpole's like freaking murderer. Well, I mean, they really heavily sort of like in that scene, uh when like when Miss Honey talks about how her dad died suddenly. Yeah. You know, and then like you basically cut to the trunchable throwing a blippin' javelin in the wall. You're like, oh, we get it. Yeah. It wasn't subtle. It's like, <laughs> she's a literal murderer. Murder. Yeah. Magnus. It's like a mystery man. And he fell down an elevator onto some bullets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, when Matilda's kinetic powers manifest again during an argument with her father, uh, she trains herself to use him at her own will. She returns to Trunchbull's house and uses her telekinesis to wreak havoc in an attempt to scare her away. She almost flees, but Trunchbull finds Matilda's hair ribbon and realizes her presence. Dun, dun, dun. The following day, Trunchbull visits Mrs. Honey's class again to get Matilda to admit her guilt. Matilda magically writes a message on the chalkboard, posing but as... But also convinces all of the children to read that message in unison. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if they arranged that beforehand, which is plausible because all of the children in the school hate the Trunchbull. Uh, like, it feels like a hijink, like a heist, but they didn't say. So we're not sure how that happened. This so is perhaps Matilda's te telekinetic powers mm -hmm. extend to being able to mind, mind control, control her, her peers? Exactly! Oh no, we are... This is a villain. Oh no. <laughs> That's not really telekinesis anymore. No, no. But her powers have gone beyond. <laughs> she's she's now become an alpha psyker. I think, I think all Free the will children... is important, Matilda. I think all the children reading it was just a happy accident that added to the creep factor. I don't think Matilda planned that. 
Yeah, have because you ever gotten any kids to act in unison ever? I yeah. know, I okay, I know, understand for the movie, they probably told them, but I don't think Matilda ever actually told them. Right, but, like, they all started, they were all on the same beat. Like, uh-huh. I understand that all of those children are, are, are precocious readers because Miss Honey loves them and pays them a lot of attention. Uh, but, like, there needs to be, what is it, a diagenic explanation for right, what just happened. But, okay, but haven't you ever been in class and the teacher's been like, okay, now everyone read what's on the board and the A, B, and everyone reads along? It was kind of like that type of thing. I, it was it was so much more tight than because, that. Like it felt rehearsed. Okay, well, obviously it was rehearsed. I mean, yes, I know, <laughs> but like there's no like it's a bunch of scared children in a room that's storming while they're terrifying principals. Well, that's the, thing. the kids them, aren't scared. Yeah, n- they them... know because Matilda's controlling exactly. them. Exactly, <laughs> she none is feeding them with Matilda... courage and power right, to be Matilda... able to stand up to Trenchful. Matilda never told them she was psychic because in the end they still didn't know it was her that did that. And remember, yeah. the whole time to do all this magic, Matilda's sitting there going like, "God damn it, God damn it, my father!" God right, and rage isn't known for precision; it's known for power. Exactly. So I no I'm I, I'm with I'm with Josh and Martin yeah. here like it's clearly psychic overbleed. <laughs> She's manifesting her will through these soft tender children. Oh my god! Resist her yet. What is Matilda doing to your soft children? Tender <laughs> children. I, I, I love that. She's manifesting her will through these soft tender children. <laughs> Roasted four fifty. Using. <laughs> All right, uh, Matilda uses this to write a message on the blackboard, posing as the ghost of Magnus, accusing Trunchbull of murdering him. Trunchbull goes berserk and attacks the students, but Matilda keeps them out of harm's way with her powers. Together, they force Trunchbull out of the school permanently. Oh, man, she just ran away. That doesn't mean she can't come back. But but at the end, they say that nobody ever saw her again. Yeah, that's true. She went to go terrorize children in another town. Yes, Miss Honey subsequently moves back to her true home. Later, as she is, as uh, Matilda is hanging out with Mrs. Honey, the FBI finally uncovers enough evidence you to mean prosecute. The speedboat salesman. Yeah, the, yeah. The, the speedboat salesman finally uncovers enough as evidence to prosecute Harry, and the Wormwoods prepare to flee to Guam. They stop by Mrs. Honey's house to pick up Matilda, but she refuses to go with them and suggests Miss Honey adopt her. In that moment, a remorseful Zenea laments over not understanding her daughter and regrets that she didn't treat her better. She and Harry subsequently signed the adoption papers that Matilda had kept for so long. They escape, and Matilda lives a happy life with Mrs. Honey, who becomes the new principal of Crunchum Hall. So this is the moral of the story. If you have shitty, uncaring parents, what you need to do is befriend a new guardian, and then get a set of adoption papers, transfer, transfer your childness to another parent, and you're going to have a good life. I feel like she made that seem a lot more easy than it actually is. You know, well, I mean, there's about... a lot of legal mumbo-jumbo that just sort of gets passed over. Yeah. I mean, but this is Matilda we're talking about. She was able to probably manifest her psychic will <laughs> to ensure that the courts were, com- were compliant with the change. She oh. followed all the rules. I mean, it does make sense. She did point out earlier that, like, it was not lawful. She read constitutional law. Mm-hmm. So, like, she's clearly up to date on the legal matters. Exactly. So getting the Trunchable to hand, or like having the Trunchable state passed over to Miss Honey, like this is all stuff that she could have, uh, 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 what's the verb for machination? <laughs> Machined. Oh, it's not very good. Um, yeah, no, this is all stuff that she could have made happen. Like this feels within her like wheelhouse I mean, her power now. She could have probably drafted the transfer contract and all. 
Right, no, and then just, like, gone in and been, like, real cute, but also very angry at the judge. Or judge did, been like, this totally makes sense. Or did she once more use her powers to convince her parents to sign? It is the one time they did anything good. And it wasn't even the dad. <laughs> it was Zania. So she went with, she went with the person who so was more susceptible to manipulation. The way that I read that was not that she was mourning that she never put forth the effort to to be better to her daughter, but she just assumed that they were going to connect better. And she's like, oh, well, we never connected anyway. Goodbye. Yeah. That is how yeah. I read it. And not like, oh, mournful. It was like, oh, well, you know what? Actually, it's probably less trouble this way just to leave you here. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it was it was essentially flippant of just like, listen, it'll be one less mouth to feed. All right. Basically, like, yeah. Also, it, doesn't Guam have an extradition treaty? Like, they're a U.S. I mean, territory? Yeah. Yeah. So they're not very smart. Yeah. It, well, I no. mean, that's part of the problem. Yeah. Um. So I think the idea, well, uh, let's say, uh, Max, what was your feeling? Matilda, going back to it. I actually liked it a lot more than I thought it was going to. Um, Like, it hit a lot of the sort of still warm spots. Um, uh, like things that I really liked about it then I was not like a lot of times precocious children in movies are just like insufferable uh, like again a young Mara Wilson in uh, Miracle on 34th yeah. Street Ooh, boy. Uh, not a great role but this one was like this was a precocious child who was like accessible to adults without losing child like features and without also having to prove how smart she was all the time she was just smart and that gave her magic powers, which is weird, but fine, in-universe, whatever. Um, so, like, as far as, like, movies about kids go, having aged, um, like, this one felt really good. Uh, I will add a little bit of trivia for you. Uh, some of this will be a little bittersweet, by the oh, way. A lot of it's really bittersweet. Oh, mm. oh boy. Well, uh, I always thought it was a little bit odd. Did you notice in some of the, like, I seriously noticed in some of the scenes uh like midpoint through the movie that like matilda looked like really puffy under the eyes i didn't notice I, that but i, I know where you're going with this. i did notice a few scenes uh -oh. where i was just like what's going on here well mara wilson's mom Susie shapiro uh died of breast cancer during filming oh my god and uh, think about this. This is a movie about being a kid who doesn't connect and eventually by the end of the movie gets a mom. So. That must have been uh, excruciating. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Mara honored her mother by bravely finishing Matilda, which was dedicated to her memory. So I just got hit with like a sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those like, <sighs> oh boy. Yeah. And then she just powered through it. And Damn. she And she actually said that after the fact, like uh, she's gone on to be like a writer. Uh, she's shown up in a few things, um, including in a, a, an episode of BoJack Horseman. I was like, yes, yes! the nice. best show. Um, but uh, right now she's a writer. Um, and she actually mentioned at some point, like, she got out of being a, an actor because she's just like, it wasn't any fun. All you're doing is, like, here's your script. Do the scene over and over and over and over the way somebody else wants it. She didn't feel like there was any creativity. So you can imagine if that was her feeling and she was dealing with that, she was really powering through it. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> she, uh, like, if, if you read some verses, she's very thoughtful. And, like, I'm glad that she came out the other side of child stardom, like, more or less uh, still a human being. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, the picture of Magnus that we see is actually a portrait of Roald Dahl. Aww. Oh, that's so cool. That is actually, uh, that was the maker of the book. But wait, doesn't that portrait get destroyed? No. No, it gets hung up in the hall. Oh. 
Yeah, in a the very... Trunchable's portrait got burned. Oh, right, right. The Trunchable's portrait. Okay. Yeah, Why am I thinking that his portrait was destroyed there? Yeah, uh, that one's the one that gets put back on the wall. Right. Uh, let's see. Pam Ferris would actually, uh, often stay in character when the director called cut an attempt to keep scaring the children on set. Aww. <laughs> That's so that they would constantly be on edge. Uh, <laughs> Uh, in the making of the segment of the DVD, Danny DeVito reveals that for the chalk to write on itself, they wrote the letters backwards on the opposite side of the chalkboard, then put a magnet on the chalk. They then had someone stand behind the chalkboard and write the words backwards with a device that attracted the magnet. That's kind of awesome. They had some really cool practical effects in this movie. That one included. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see... And usually the use of magic is one of the things I hate most about most books that or movies that have, like visual medium especially, can't watch uh, movies or TV about like magic duels. And this was one of the only movies I think that used it fairly, sparingly enough and like believably enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, I wonder if you're going to get this one because you mentioned that you enjoyed some of Roald Dahl's other stuff. Mm. Uh, Matilda, when describing her love for Charles Dickens, accidentally mispronounces the name as Dahl's Chickens. <laughs> oh, God. This is a nod to another novel by Roald Dahl, the BFG, in which the title character continuously mispronounces Charles Dickens' name. Come on there. No, I'm trying to remember yeah, it. It's fine. It's fine. It's probably been ages. You're forgiven, I guess. Um, let's see. So, yeah. That is it. Uh, feelings on Matilda Martin. I actually quite enjoyed it. Um, it was nice coming back to, and I think, you know, Mags brought up a lot of great points just about, uh, really just about the, uh, the, uh, the, the themes that are brought up in the film, practical effects being uh not being overdone like i do appreciate the really subtle use of magic and even though the whole you know she you know she's actually smart and not just you know trying to justify being smart is is a really great thing to record and i mean it has a lot of positive messages too and i mean i would i would watch it again 10 out of 10 would watch sabrina um yeah i was surprised at how well it held up um it was definitely better than i thought it was going to be because i was trying to remember it i honestly didn't think i would be into that sort of movie anymore but it was still awfully precocious and charming even now so many years later like i thought as maybe as an adult it wouldn't be as enjoyable but it's still enjoyable it's a good family film precocious yet consistent mm-hmm. yeah um <laughs> can i make two, what, two more points though yep sure so the first one is the poor representation of both the American healthcare system and the American <laughs> educational system. First of all, with the $5,000 copay for uh, Matilda's birth, it's like, what the fuck is that? And then the second thing being just the horrible, horribly run school that has no oversight or any kind of accountability in terms of transcripts treatment of the children or the curriculum. It's well, like, remember, in this particular universe, there are only good people and bad people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Rose Dahl <laughs> is ten- is tends to be very black and white. Like, if, fun, you, yes, yes. if you remember James and the Giant Peach... That was kind of a ridiculous situation that James was in as well. Yeah. I'm just saying, man. I, like, I hear you. you I hear it. both of you, but also low in this year 2018. <laughs> low in the year. Low in the year. <laughs> looking Lord. back at the 90s to get called out. Exactly. Uh, how if, how if, little has changed. If, because, like, in the real world, if a school had a principal that was that abusive and ridiculous, all the teachers would have reported them to the school board. I Like, I don't know that that's actually true because, you know, as this year of Me Too has shown that, like, people in power often yes. have structures 
that allows them to keep being terrible in power, and that power cloaks them and keeps them safe. Exactly. Uh, on a slightly lighter note, um, it was nice. Uh, like, one of the things like I try to move through the world with is like try to believe that everybody's doing the best with what they can, and this movie really challenges that. Like none of the characters here sort of conform to that sort of model. You know, like, people are deliberately terrible to be terrible. Right. Also, like, who eats chocolate cake like that? Really? <laughs> yeah. Man, that chocolate cake. I'm, oh. I want, can we, when we break for dinner, can we get cake? I mean, that chocolate cake looked really good. I mean, we, we could do, we could do plans after twice. this. Twice, yeah, because they made uh, not Goose just eat it. Um, <laughs> right, talking about another Roald Dahl book. Uh, and then she ate some at home, but, like, just, like, Grabbing it like by the handful. Yeah. Not like, the verb that I was gonna go with, but I'm glad that I changed it. Uh just grabbing it like in, in a paw and just, uh, just uh, firmly yeah. grasping that cake. Right. Like with your like weightlifting gloves still on? Like what? Yeah, that's yeah. kinda gross. That cake though. But she that. was supposed to be super like uh, I mean she picks up kids uh, and throws them. By their hair. That first and time you think, that first time you think that kid's gonna die. Uh, yeah. <laughs> different thing if they did the throw and then it was just a wide like far away shot of just the kid just yeah it's like oh, holy, it's like holy crap have we gone Vlad the Impaler that's much more a 9-11 movie yeah right that's 9-11 movie that's the seventh one this week <laughs> they've gone fenced oh jeez so now we're you gonna didn't eat. like the chokey well it's time for the, the pokey <laughs> Well, see, that's the reason. I mean, so, could... There is some pretty dark children's literature, though. I mean, they're not super graphic. But... Yeah, I was really expecting this one to be one of the, like, I was like, oh, I remember that being, like, really dark and mm -hmm. very messy in that sort of 90s, we, like, gross things way. Yeah. And, like, there was a little bit of that, especially with the trench bowl. But I think yeah. you're right. Like, yeah. it was not as gross out as... That, that newt was super cute. Yeah, no, it, was, it was a real newt. I like that axolotl quite a lot. <laughs> no, my favorite part though was when it jumps on her shirt, and then they show a far away shot where you see the trench bolt doing like this, and you can totally tell it's a fake one. Oh yeah, yep. <laughs> especially when she starts doing this. <laughs> let's not I like that, like you're doing that on this visual medium yeah, podcasting. It's just like nice little dance of just like you know throwing your hands up, like yeah. wiggle like, a little some, bit, like wiggling hips, yeah, there, yeah. like a little bit of a shoulder shimmy. Like if Trunchbull would have done that more often, and be like, you know what, I can connect with this character, yeah, <laughs> right, just just jiving. There's something about dance that is just transcendental. Exactly, it is healing. It's its universal. Core. And I, the thing that kind of uh, also struck me about Trenchable's character is that she was afraid of cats. Yes. Yeah. <gasps> she was very superstitious. She, she, that yeah. was why. Superstitious. That cat. Yeah. That I poor know. cat. I know. I love the cat was okay, cats. though. Yeah. I, uh, I love black cats. Black cats are amazing. You should adopt black cats. They are great. Especially, um, well, just. They're really weird about adopting out black cats during Halloween, oddly enough, because right. I guess some people actually will adopt them and then. All right, and do better stories. So, uh -huh. so, because of Trunchbull, Matilda will actually not be a supervillain, but a superhero and use the powers for good. All I'm saying is that she is now living with the principal of a school. Uh, she has magical powers, and this is def definitely going to turn into Xavier School for gifted children. <sighs> yes. 
This is, I mean, look at that school. It's a perfect setup to be the X-Men. Right, it's big. It's like nobody goes there. Nobody cares what happens. Like you got a kid that can eat an unlimited amount of cake. Like there's already more mutants <gasps> That's there. That's the toad. Yeah. yeah, really. There's more mutants there than we know. This is so... a deeper story than first we, we thought. <laughs> so when's chapter one of the fanfic coming out, Josh? Oh, please do Maybe not. if we get to a certain like Patreon level, we'll write this fanfic. Yeah, no, please, please don't. Make this a, a, a donation goal. We'll see, we'll, no. see, we'll see if Mara can write a, a forward to it. Yeah. We could get uh, we could get a commission of uh, Matilda as an X Men. That'd be cool, just like Matilda in the outfit. Like, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Right. That'd yeah. be really. It's got to be the classic, like yellow and uh, yeah, yellow and black, yeah, yeah, the gold and blue. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be cool. Anyway, Matilda, it's it's actually good. You should check it out. Yeah, yeah. check All it right. out. All right, uh, coming up to things that are yellow. <laughs> that was a nice segue that yeah. set itself up. So uh, that was, was like uh, cracking out the segues today. Uh, just like I want to give Josh a, a round of applause, everybody. And so to add to visual jokes on Sabri- the uh, Sabrina, pod- yeah, visual jokes on the podcast. Sabrina though. like thought about a clap and I then just kind of married like... to him. That's all he needs. Okay, <laughs> right? Damn. <laughs> now here's another fun fact: Josh is actually wearing a yellow shirt. Yep. With, With a, a hot, hot dog. dog on it. And you know what they say about hot dogs in yellow? It's time to watch Dick Tracy. That's exactly. Everyone says that always. That was yeah. the first thing that came to mind, Josh. Bravo. So Sabrina's uh, Sabrina's offering for next week will be Dick Tracy. It sure is. All right. She's not going to say anything about it, so I'm just going to go ahead and read off our wonderful Patreon people over at patreon.com slash sat. Friends Club. Tell us about our wonderful Patreons. Yeah. These are the people that are donating maybe a dollar, maybe more. They want to be nice people and they get their names read on the show. You can go over there, submit across. You can even join the Discord group. You get episodes early. You can get the pre-shows of us just rambling and saying silly stuff every once in a while. And those people, as I grab this mouse and click on this, they happen to be Item Crafting, Rodea, Phoenician, Francis, Dan, and Chuck. Chuck. And Chuck, we've got the order down. Uh, thank you all for donating across and being super awesome people. Uh, you can go ahead and find us there. We are also on Twitter at Sat Friends Club. If you want us to cover something, if you want us to, if you want to find out if we've done an episode, we've got over sixty episodes at this point. So we've been going through and churning through over a year. Yeah, wow. fully over a year. We started in January, so we're like nearly a year and a half at this point. Holy Aww. crap! Person right through. Yeah, serious show. Beating all the other ones. I come, I, I'm going to have to put on my serious podcast pants now. Yeah, no, that is wearing no pants. That is a serious podcast pants. No, it, thank you. Please yeah. keep your pants on. Okay, pants are still on. I'm a pro pants outside the house voter. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very specialized party. Uh, <laughs> the pro pant party. Yep. Um, there, our platform only is, outside uh, the house, though. Inside the house, it's your business. Exactly. We do not invade in your personal privacy. It's the three P party. Yep. Yeah. Privacy. We're, we're pa- still better than libertarians. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we will go ahead and catch you next time, where we're going to be catching some crime. We're going to be dealing with some people th- with like Tommy guns and. Dealing with zoot suits. Yeah, How yeah. are you not highlighting the beautiful rainbow colored zoot suits? Zoot suits. So many zoot suits. We're going to be dealing with Al Pacino. Hey. Al Pacino in my favorite Al Pacino role. Hey, it's me, Al Pacino. <laughs> you could say we'll be taking out a bag of dicks. Oh, yeah. Mm. We'll be catching you on the next episode of the Saturday Friends Club. Woo-ah. Sleep well, everyone. <laughs>
Bye. Amazing. You okay there, Mags? Yeah. What did you even do?